All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. You know Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall, what's that? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on! Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Come on, come on! All of the other reindeers used to have to call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in. Merry Clipsmas, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players podcast, the NBA's greatest podcast in the land. On this episode, we're going to talk about the block herd around the world, why we think that it was really corny that social media made such a huge deal out of it. Trevor Ariza finally lands in a new destination. Who got a better deal, the Washington Wizards or the Phoenix Suns? Should there be a four-point line in the NBA? You'd be surprised how many NBA teams are implementing this at their practice facilities. James Harden literally walks to San Antonio on one of his plays, and the refs don't see it. We talk about officiating and how we think it's really bad right now in the NBA. Also, where is Jabari Parker going to go? Why did everything fizzle out in Chicago so soon? So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew. Just kick the intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. Like this What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. It is indeed. Episode 56. Episode 55 was uh, legendary. I'd like to say legendary. <laughs> it was upgraded. That was upgraded. Normally, you say banger. It's but... a, it was a banger. Yeah, it was. It was a mix between a banger and a heater. Yeah. I really like to use the flames on our yes. on our IG. Well, that indicates that it was hot. That, that indicates that it's lit or it was hot. The kids say lit now. Is that what they say? Yes, they say it's uh. lit. <laughs> Hey, 55 was a banger. We got such great responses. So many people participated in what we asked them to do from yeah, all over did. the world. No, that was cool. We asked them to to take videos and put us on their story listening to our show. 
We had dudes in Norway. Shout out to Jumpman. We had Michi, MAB Ball 76 in Japan. Yep. Our boy Stang in Hoops, who's here, who does it every, work, uh, every week. E Hawker. Yep. Uh, Alaska. Is that, is that where he is? I think he's in Alaska. Nah. I do. He's been posting. Like mooses and he's shit. He's got the right? moose. I, it's, it's also just moose. What if there's three? Is it a meese? It's, no, it's moose. Is it, it's not meese. It's one of those weird ones. For whatever reasons, they've. they've so moose. Because moose is. is Technically, there's not an issue. Uh, there's no issue there. If there's more than one moose, if there's, if there's multiple moose, mm-hmm. it's still moose. <laughs> it's not moose. No, mo- meeses. It's not mooses. It's not mice. It's not anything else. Evan, if we, if we're totally wrong, we're where you live. We apologize. I, and, and if that is the case, I have you. You literally got to be the only guy who's seen a moose in Portland or, or Seattle because that shit. Those those motherfuckers are huge. Hey, if you're from, Al- do we have listeners in Alaska, Drew? You well, we have at least Alaska? one. Okay. okay. <laughs> hey, but we appreciate everybody doing like what they said they were. I couldn't even keep up with everybody that was doing it, and we want to continue doing that. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. And that was awesome. Everybody that I said I'm going to send shit out to, I'm going to send you stuff. It's just the holidays, dude. I got to send out my Christmas crack mm-hmm. to a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I'm buying gifts. If I go to one. One more fucking Christmas party, Drew. I'm gonna lose it. Like, yeah, I'm literally gonna lose nah, it. Well, you know, I like I like the Christmas party season. You know, it's the downfall of being extremely pop- popular. <laughs> okay, during Christmas, it's really hard. All right, when you're popular, you got a lot of things to do. Go uh-huh. to. I had three friends givings. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's which is a mix between Christmas and Thanksgiving. I like it. I had three of those. We haven't done our gift exchange yet. You, I don't know if you bought me a gift yet, or maybe you. I well, don't, there's I don't something. Know. I got something in the okay, works. Okay, in the works. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I have something in the works. But we wanted to wish everybody. Uh, it t- today is December eighteenth. Today 19th. is December nineteenth. Nineteenth. This is a Wednesday. We don't know. We're gonna try to get back to you guys after Christmas. But if we don't, we want to wish everybody a merry Clipsmas, as I like to say, Drew. And just a merry Christmas in or, general from your boy over here. <laughs> or Clipsmas, yeah. I kind of like it. But anyways. Episode 56 for our new listeners. And I know we're getting new listeners like we do every week. Drew chooses an NBA player that matches the episode that we are doing, which mm-hmm. is episode 56. Last mm-hmm. week was the legendary Goo Kennedy. Yes. Um, slash Jason Williams. Slash Jason Williams. Jason? Jason. Jason Williams. Slash Clips 555. Uh, we had our secret Clips and Drew secret service. Trying to find. Oh no, we had people out here. They were, they were out here looking for original picture of Goo Kennedy. Mister Mister Kennedy is a, is a tough one. He's he's hiding way below the radar. We couldn't. We were looking for pictures of Goo Kennedy. We even reached out to his cousin Glue Kennedy, <laughs> uh, and he had no pictures. No, no, he's a very secretive individual. Goo but Kennedy. Uh, we're trying to match our our heatness. With 55, we're coming at yes. 56 right now. That's right. Love, yeah, Who you got, Drew? Who do we got in the mix? So there's. There is a total of three people really? in the history of the NBA that have adorned, and the ABA, that have adorned the number 56. Will I have any idea about any of them? I, you know, no, I don't think you will. Okay. Uh, do you have any guesses? No guess. Not yeah, one okay. fucking yeah. guess. So the three people are Francisco Elson. Nope. He played, uh, wore number 56 for the Nuggets between 2004, 5, and 6. Was he Spanish? Was he a Spaniard? I, no, I th- if I remember him correctly, mm-hmm. I, he was like French, tall center, okay. uh, Euro. Okay. I, if, I, if I recall correctly. Um, and then Brandon Hunter. Nope. Yeah, he wore that number 56 in the 2004 season for the uh, Boston Celtics. Nope, no idea. And then one more, Celtic, hmm. Sean Williams. Who the fuck are we? This is really? Those are 2000, our picks? 2012, he wore it for the Celtics in that season. But here's what I did. Uh-huh. I, did a little, I did a little deep Was dive. Was there a female? No. No? I didn't it. do that. 
We're going to keep it NBA related here. Okay. I, I, you know, as, as we get more desperate, honestly, if there was a, a female at War 56, you know, why? I don't know why, but I went into the history of the NBA mm-hmm. and I went into the draft picks. Number 56 that draft That were pick? picked 56 okay. overall. Okay. And so I have three. I like this. I have three here. Okay. Can we play the guessing game or no? This is tough. I mean, yeah. Okay. If you want to guess, I'll give you the years. So they actually all happened in, within the 2000s. There, there was quite a, quite a few, obviously. You mm-hmm. know, 56 comes around, you know, every every season. Right. But the ones that, that I recalled and the ones that have actually kind of made semi-impact on the NBA were, were all between 2002 and 2007. Okay. So if you, I mean, the, there's <clears throat> no... Way too, sounds way it's, too it's hard. A difficult, it's a difficult list. Unless you give me like hints. Uh, there's not really, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think I'm just going to, okay. I'm just going to get right Go to for it. it. Uh, so in 2007, mm-hmm. Ramon Sessions. Oh, so that former Clipper and uh Cleveland Cavaliers. Former every he team. Balled. He that, balled out. He had a couple. He had, yeah, he had some really good seasons. With the, the Cavs NBA. though, right? I think he's still in the NBA. No, no way. It's anyway, it, it, he had a nice career Yes, and he, and he did, he bounced around. He mm-hmm. played for so many teams and, and was impactful on a couple of those I teams. think Cleveland and the Clippers both had him. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. In 2005, Amir Johnson. Okay. Detroit Pistons okay. drafted him, 56 Isn't overall. Is he a Cali kid too? Oh, not? yeah, Westchester yeah, High West School. Chester, right yeah. out of high school. He did not go to college. He uh, did go straight to the L, yeah, right? He was, I actually got to see him like, when he was drafted in 05. That was, I was in high school at that time. Mm-hmm. And I got to see him play at Westchester. And he was ready. I mean, when you look at Amir Johnson now, mm-hmm. you know, 6'10", 6'11", uh, you know, he fits in the league nicely. But then it was he was just a monster. He was a beast. Yeah. And then check this one out. Okay. 2002, San Antonio Spurs. Little little uh, international flavor here. Ginobili? Luis Scola. Luis Scola! Arge- Viva Argentina! So I do think, based on all of this, I think this should be probably the Luis, I'm, Luis I'm with that. Scola episode. 100%. Drafted number 56, 2002, San Antonio Spurs. Wasn't he part of the, the Olympic team that beat the United States? He absolutely was. Yes. Him and Ginobili, Nocerone. 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 Nocioni. 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 I used to work for an Ar- at an Argentine restaurant, bro. Oh, did you? Not only did they love Ginobili, Scola, and Nocioni. That's all they would talk about. Of course. Man. These Argentines love their sports. Yeah. Um, I'm totally fine. Scola was a problem too for a minute. I do. He was in the league like as recent as like last year, I think. Even like I can't remember exactly when he departed. It's been a couple years because I, I think he was on the Raptors like last season. But his years with Houston were really good. He had a great career. Yes, it, uh, you know. So I I think you know when you look at that list, he clearly is the standout. I'm with that. And so shouts to you, Luis Scola. Drafted Luis number Scola, 56. Viva Argentina. See. This is your episode. Episode 56 is going to you. We got to jump into a couple things. Last night, the the block heard round the world, Drew. Which is the this is literally the dumbest shit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It must have been a slow night in sports yesterday. There were four NBA games. Well, yeah. Let's think about this. This was a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday's normally the hot night. Tuesday and Thursday in the NBA is the hot night. Yeah, we're but we're ramping up to the Christmas Day games. So True. I think we're taking a couple pauses here because there is that that slate of Christmas games. Okay. Yeah, I think you know you were right. Like the outside of like NHL and college hoops. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot else that was on TV yesterday. Well, so. what the most talked about shit last night, and I, maybe we can talk about both of them. Okay, was our boy uh, who blocked LeBron Allen, Jared Allen. Jared Allen blocked LeBron, and he's done it all season. He did one to Blake earlier in the year. He did twice to twice Blake. to Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, he met LeBron at the rim, and LeBron got blocked. And like to me, I'm looking at it like big fucking deal. Okay, it was a nice block. Brooklyn ended up winning. They played a great game. 
Brooklyn, <clears throat> Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn played really well. The Lakers played, didn't play so well, but, right? But Brooklyn did have a nice game. And Brooklyn's won six in a row. And I kind of want to talk about like sure. how they are playing. I thought last night. Uh, I mean, that block was big, right? I get it. You met LeBron. It's a big deal. It was a big so deal. So he's the ninth player to ever block LeBron. Out of 1,800 plus. Whatever. Yeah, all the different uh, guys that have come and gone in the right. league during that period of time. Uh, he's probably the 12th player to ever try it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when LeBron's coming down, people are just moving out of the way. You know? Like, not too many people have oh, the... Oh, he's banged the, on a lot of Not people, too many right? people have the balls to step up. Like, you know, Tim Duncan learned the hard way mm-hmm. back in, what was that, like, 07. Yeah, uh, he got it back. Yeah, and that was one of the, that was one of LeBron's greatest in-game dunks. Jason Terry did too. That was he should. He but <laughs> but you know, Jason Terry has no business doing that. Right. Damon Jones has no business doing right. that. You know, those those are LeBron's greatest in-game dunks. So those I think those three that we just mentioned. So it is a big deal because it's LeBron, right? So anything that happens to LeBron uh, in a negative fashion, it is a big deal. And the fact that there's only been eight other people right. that have done that. Um, you know, Jared Allen came out, I think it was today or, or maybe right after the game. He said, I'm on that list forever. I'm on the list. I'm on that list forever. I, I'm one of the nine people to ever block LeBron da- and Le- James coming in for a dunk. And LeBron said after the game, he's like, yeah, he got me. Like I'm 36 or I'm 34. He's 24. Uh, like go, go with that. LeBron. Nah, see, I mean, you're come being, on. You're being kind of a hater on this a little bit. Well, to he me, doesn't even have to bring it up. We all know his age. No, it's not. Well, the, the media is the one bringing it up and he's just like it's re- to me it's not that big of a deal like mm-hmm. it was a great block it was a good the, block yeah the fact that like every media outlet this morning like i'm listening <laughs> to first take they're like well lebron's done he's losing it oh, you know he's on. getting old he's lost a step normally look he took off from way deep went one-handed uh the kid can block shots yeah, it, you know? and like you said, it, it, it really does validate those blocks against Blake Griffin. And yes. I mean, Jared Allen is, I think it's like his second or second year in the league, I'm pretty sure. And he's going to do this for a long time. I agree. He's going to be in this league blocking shots for a very long time. And watching that whole game, I don't get a chance to watch full Laker games because that my my cable uh, won't let me watch them. Yeah, you got to have, have Cox. You got to have that, uh, that, that Spectrum Yeah, you channel. got the Spectrum you channel. You got that Spectrum I channel. I got, uh, you know, NBA game time and whatnot. I get to watch all the Clipper games, not all the Laker games, but I got to watch it last night. I was at my, uh, uh, my best friend's house with chilling with my nephew watching the game. And I, I, you know, we talked a lot of shit about New Jersey in the beginning of the season. Who? I'm oh, sorry. Jesus. Sorry. Brooklyn. <laughs> God dang. Yeah. Excuse me. Shout out to New Jersey. Uh, it's still hard for me to, to wrap that <laughs> they around. They are the New Jersey Nets. I mean, I think Brooklyn's slowly starting to get with it, but. It is Brooklyn, right? They are in the mecca of basketball. Like, I really feel. And those I, jerseys are, those jerseys they're are. They're fly. The Coogee. Yes. So, if you guys didn't know know this, but they're, it's their, uh, their city, city jerseys. Jersey. Their city jerseys. Um, the outline of their jerseys is the Coogee print. And if you're a young buck, you really don't understand Coogee sweaters. Google it. Bill Cosby and, and Biggie Smalls made them made them fashionable. Everybody had a cool. Let's just sweater. say that that Bill Cosby wore them and Biggie Smalls made them Biggie, made them well, fashionable. Okay, <laughs> because, but I Bill started think, it. But I don't think many people are taking fashion advice from Bill Cosby. No, but <laughs> but if you watch and you can't watch old Cosby shows because they're all ripped off TV. Yeah, now, like you really yeah. can't. Bill yeah. Cosby used to rock the Coogee sweater oh, no, all for the sure. time. For sure. But Biggie made the shit hot. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting um, at. But what I wanted to compare them to, and I don't want to talk about the Clippers right now. I want to talk about them later. But I really feel like 
the Brooklyn Nets right now are like the Eastern Clippers team. They really don't have um, a superstar. Didn't yeah, we you mentioned that before. I think that's a good comparison. It, I think it is too. Uh, uh, as much as you might hate D'Angelo Russell, like the kid's playing really well. Dinwiddie is like everybody's like sleeper. Everybody loves Dinwiddie because of his story. Well, he yeah. just got paid. Like he got $35 million, if I'm not mistaken, Drew. Yeah, he um, just signed that deal. So, I mean, when you look at their box score, they, they did. They, the, the Clipper comparison really rings true, right? Because when you look at it, D'Angelo Russell had 22 points and was their leading scorer. But then Joe Harris, my one of my favorite white, white boy players in the league, earned every every minute that he's getting mm-hmm. right here. Virginia, shouts to you, Cavaliers, uh, the real Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> oh, the real ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Harris had 19, second leading scorer. Dinwiddie had 18. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Bear Down, University of Arizona, had seven, down. 17. Uh, Damari Carroll had 13. Jared Dudley, your least favorite player. He killed you last night. Hey, he we got to talk about this. He had 13 points. But when I'm, what, what I'm getting to real quick is, right. is they had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six players in, in double, double digits. And then you look on the other side, outside of LeBron, Kuz had LeBron first. LeBron had thirty six points again. Eleven. Okay. Uh, he had thirteen rebounds, eight assists, and and was doing everything except for hitting threes. But that's neither here nor there. Kyle he hit Kuz, some tough ones though. Dog. Kyle, he did. He hit a big one in the right. fourth. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had twenty two. Lonzo Ball twenty three points. Right. Outside of that, the next highest scoring player was Lance Stevenson with eight. Eight. So when you look at that, I mean, we're talking about team chemistry here. So if Jared Dudley's giving you thirteen, and most of them in the fourth quarter, that is the last dude you want. And we're on a. I group. Don't, when's the last time he scored thirteen? I points? hate Jared. <laughs> you know he is my least favorite player. Yeah, man. he's literally my least. He was a Clipper for a long time. He was. I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah. Okay. He has Boston College years. legend. But he is. Yeah. Yeah. Did he play with Jameer? It was him and Jameer. It was no, 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 no. Jameer went to St. Joseph's. I'm Philly, sorry. Not Philly. Boston. Who am I thinking about? Boston College. I don't know who you're G- thinking uh, about. Uh, you maybe thinking about Reggie Jackson because he was the next greatest person to come out of Boston College. Jared played with somebody in college. Excuse me, guys. But they had a good... That was back when, like, Boston College was actually good. But Jared had a couple years uh, good with Philly, um, and then he's bounced around. I I just don't like him, bro. I've never liked him. And when he gives you buckets... Well, he doesn't look... When you look at him, you don't think, oh, that's an NBA player. No, he looks like me in a jersey. (laughs) If I was to wear an NBA jersey... If I like, if you would see me on the court, that's what he I would. He needs look to get like. a little tighter up around the chest totally. region. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm with you on that. You don't want Jared Dudley being the the X factor. He hit a big game. shot. He did. So, he had a few, bro. Yeah, he had a few in the yeah, fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to get too much into into Jared Dudley, but uh, it was a it was a big game for for Brooklyn, and that was their sixth win in a row, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, the Lake. Those are the games that the Lakers need to win. Um, and LeBron did everything he could. I think we saw some good stuff from Kuzma. Lonzo's looking right. good defensively offensively Lonzo is coming into his own right now he hit five out of nine threes in that game was our leading three-point shooter in the game I'm seeing personally like his confidence looks skyrocket totally and I think and I yeah go ahead sorry I think that's an after that's an aftershock of playing with LeBron just this but it's the it's the good aftershock of playing because it could have gone two ways right right? like if if he's if he's airballing and and LeBron's giving him some flack Mm -hmm. maybe he doesn't take it so well but it seems like LeBron is actually going out kind of going out of his way here to to bring the the good young players, you know, Kuz, Ingram, Lonzo, Hart under his wing. And this is a new stage for LeBron. We haven't really seen him do this before. He's never um, done it before. That's what I'm saying. And so when it comes to Lonzo, I mean, this is exactly what you want to see. He had 23 points. He was his his energy on the defensive end is is tremendous, right? So I'm as far as like a personnel development standpoint, I'm loving every aspect of that. The, the team, as I mentioned, you know, several podcasts, I say this all the time, they they do kind of take on the personality of their on-the-floor general, right? And LeBron is absolutely that for the Lakers right now. 
And there is kind of a relaxed attitude that we have to that first half. And pretty much every first half. We don't really start any games with a lot of urgency, which is what the greatest teams do. The greatest teams want to step on the gas immediately. They want to get out for in 48 front. minutes. And 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 we take we take a relaxed, you know, stance when we're playing someone like the Brooklyn Nets who we're supposed to beat, right? And and we got blown out by the Wizards. Really like blown out yeah. by the Wizards the game before. John Wall had 28 points at halftime. Yeah, 40 for the game? I don't I didn't I, I I did not watch the second half. I can't watch that shit. Um you turned it off? I absolutely turned it off. I went to go eat some wings. Drown my sorrows in my favorite in my favorite. Dish. I'm not gonna lie, I do the same shit too. You know what I do though? If the Clippers are getting beat, what do you do? Well, I I, I turn the channel sometimes because I get really yeah. upset. Go watch Big and Bang Theory or something. I like will. That. Yeah. I, you know I like Big Bang. Uh, me too. I'm right there with or you. Or I'll put on uh, Netflix or something. But I'll be keeping track on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets close mm-hmm. again, I'll turn it right, back flip on. Flip it back on. And then I'll rewatch the game if we end up winning. But we're That's not funny. ending up winning um, right now. We'll get into the Clippers a little bit later. Um, another interesting factor about the Brooklyn Lakers game yeah. is after the game. Uh, LeBron and Mello and Lala went mm. out to dinner afterwards, which is not a bit like they make this a huge deal. Well, everything's everything's news now, and everything's news. Yeah, uh, they go out to dinner, and then it just it breaks this morning that you know LeBron would love to play with Mello. Everybody, you know, Stephen A. talked this morning about how the only fit for Mello would be in Los Angeles, which it might be. But I don't think I don't think Magic's gonna unless LeBron says I want him here. I don't, I, you know, do you see it happening? I, I hope not. So, because here's the real, the real question is how much does Carmelo actually want to play? Yeah, I get it. Like LeBron, it, they're tight. Like they're good friends and they haven't, you know, LeBron got to play with Wade mm-hmm. and he's never really gotten to play with Melo outside of the USA team, mm-hmm. but they have had the USA team. So it's not like he can say, I've never played with Melo. Like they've had several yeah. years where they've played together. It, when it comes down to it, what has Melo been doing since since the Rockets let him go? I don't. I'm not saying. I'm not accusing. He's him. been working out 100. I'll tell you this. Okay. 100. percent. Sure. He's been working out, getting okay. into shape. He's ready to get the call. He's waiting. 100. percent I think by All Star break, somebody's going to give him the call. But my question to you is this: What is right now? What is the risk to reward with Le, with Melo? Right. It's a locker room risk. Right? I, don't think, it, I don't think no, nobody's no, no. ever said he's a bad teammate, Drew. And ever. I'm not I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate. But if he comes to the Lakers, I think we've talked about this in the, in a similar fashion when we talked about him being released from the Rockets. If he comes to the Lakers, he needs to know his role and he needs to put on a goddamn smile for that role. Okay. We need him to embrace that role. If he's going to come to the, I really I I don't want him. Okay, I don't want is, him there. But if he does, he needs to know that he's going to be the 8th or ninth man on our team. Well, KCP supposedly will I think KCP is going to be gone. I'm I fine with he, that. He we're paying him way too much fucking money. Way too much money. But I like KCP. He's he's playing really he well is, right now. He is. He is. I mean, he's playing good defense. He's knocking down shots. I feel like he thinks he's playing for his spot on the Lakers right now and he's trying to earn it. My another question, and we I, we've we've touched on this before. Melo has never been a great three point shooter. Okay? Right, the way it, the no, NBA, not a not a great catch and shoot three point shooter. Okay, yeah. Well, even percentage wise, like he, even he shoot, can he can shoot better when he dribbles in when he dribbles into like it. Jamal and like get in your rhythm. I get it. I definitely get that. Um, Melo is a killer in the paint. Melo is a killer in the fifteen foot. You know, jab step. Yeah, get get you that bucket. Right. The game has completely changed. Yep. You have to be able to shoot the three. What he couldn't do, he tried. He tried in OKC to be able to shoot the three. Yep. 
I think Houston didn't give him enough time. I think they made him a scapegoat really quick, and we're seeing where Houston's at right now. Houston is still well. They've won four in a row. They're starting to. Okay. James Harden is the leading scorer in the league by a substantial get, margin, and we're going to get into James Harden yeah, in a minute. But 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 to your point, I think is we don't know what Melo was like accepting that role coming off the bench. We don't know what he was like. We and 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 everything points to the idea that he probably wasn't like overly ecstatic mm. with the fact that he wasn't starting. I mean, he right. he went into Houston this year saying, "I want to start," and then he you know, laughed when they said, "Coming off ex- the bench." That's what I'm I ain't saying. Never come and right. then and then so and then he and then he does. You know, he, he you know, apparently D'Antoni or or Daryl Morey or everybody just sat him down and said, "Look, man, we need you off the bench, and this is just where it's at." And so he took the role, and then he didn't perform well. But when I say that I don't want him on my team, uh, I think sometimes it, it can be looked at as a reflection of like Melo's not good anymore. And I want to remove that aspect from it because he's a, he's a hell of a player. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to bring – like if you look at him versus KCP, mm-hmm. I you know I kind of want to keep KCP. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like KCP, you know, for for what it's worth, he's not going to necessarily score 20 to 25 points. He he can go off, but where he is valuable is on defense. Right. He's a scrapper, and we know that you're not going to get that with Melo. Right. But the whole LeBron factor, I think last night's dinner. This is me personally. Yeah. I think last night's dinner with the wife too. This wasn't Lala. Just, yes, Lala was in the building. And I think they had that conversation. I honestly, I, I think. I, I guarantee they had that they conversation. Had a, what do you think you want to do? And I think LeBron would be the guy to be like, look, dude, you're not going to start. I would love to have you on this team. Sure. We can work out every I day. I feel like I've Chris Paul said that to Melo when totally, he brought him on. To, totally. But yeah. it, I think it was out of Chris Paul's hands when it wasn't uh-huh. working out. Mm-hmm. I don't think Chris Paul has the leverage that LeBron has and that we know he has. Mm-hmm. If LeBron vouched to Magic and said, I want Carmelo here. Yeah. I think it'll happen. And I, I don't like that. I know you don't. Yeah. I know you don't. So I'm I don't, asking. I don't, because Magic Johnson is, is, if there's going to be a GM or a president of basketball operations in the entirety of the world that can stand up to LeBron James, it's fucking Magic Johnson. And if he can't, then why is he in that role? Right. Right. I love Magic. You know, he's a Laker legend. I, he, he, I mean, in the eyes of Laker fans, he can do no wrong. But when it comes to these things, this is where I kind of want Magic to go. Hold on a second. Put his foot down. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Like Magic, I, I think he's he's you know he's very diplomatic uh, in dealing with you know things like this. So I think he'll take it into consideration, and he won't just write it off and say no, fuck that, no, and because he knows what that'll do with his relationship with LeBron. But I I think there's there's there has to be some control, right? And if it and if LeBron is if if LeBron thinks that he's LeBron in LA for the Lakers, like he was LeBron in Cleveland, that should not be the case. The you don't Lakers think it is Drew. The Lakers are not the Cleveland Cavaliers. You don't think it is, Drew? You don't not think- with Magic Johnson and the and the and the history of the Laker Le- franchise. He should not take the reins. Magic was the one banging on his door at twelve oh one in the morning. Everyone Le- was banging on LeBron's no, door. No, they weren't. What are he you talking even, about? He didn't even take meetings with other teams. Th- that's Magic- what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. LeBron wanted to come here. LeBron wanted to come here. Okay, you 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 flipped that. You said Magic was banging on his door. You don't think every single other team in the NBA was like, "Hey, LeBron, do you want to play over here?" And he said no to every other team. He said yes to Magic Johnson and the Lakers. And in that saying yes, 
he should have at i hope realized that magic is the head of this franchise and he's the ultimate decision maker so you that's my hope it's your hope so you think magic johnson has more pull with the lakers than lebron james right now as the president of basketball operations if that's not the case that's fucked up then what happened with your last your last two what happened with bus bus junior they, they are terrible at their they jobs. were right they they didn't run your show right what do you mean? Did, th- you were saying you were hoping that your president of basketball operations. Yes. You hope they did absolutely run the show. They just ran the show into the fucking ground. Right. Because Kobe they, should have run the show. They I, did I'm not let you. Kobe I'm run the show. Right. But it, this is Magic Johnson. This is not with you. J- Jerry, Dr. Jerry Buss's son who doesn't know, you know, shit from Shinola, as my dad would say. So <laughs> also, what did he also say today? What was the thing you told me? My today? pops. Yeah. About I uh, what I was eating for dinner. Oh, my dad loves a goulash. Goulash. I had a rice. I had a chicken bowl with rice and some veggies. And you're like, yo, is this that's, a goulash? That's a goulash. Shouts <laughs> to my pops. He knows exactly what I'm talking so about. So as a Laker fan, sorry, guys, we had to, we got sidetracked that's on okay. that. Goulash. I would really like to know what goulash is. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, you can ask my dad. He'll, uh, he'll explain it. <laughs> um, as a Laker fan, you're saying right now, yes or no, do you want Carmelo? No. Okay. That's done. I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah. Do, do you, you want Do you want Carmelo as a? Do I want him on my team? Yeah. Well, it hasn't even been brought up. I'm just saying. Would you um, Would you want him right now? Like, if you had to, even if you didn't have to remove anybody from your team, uh-huh. would you want him on your team? I I would give him a shot. Okay. Because I I honestly and you know I have a soft a soft you spot do. for Melo. Yeah. I don't want Melo to go out like this. A lot of people want Melo to retire and never play basketball again, um, and I still think he has some to offer. A basketball team, if he realizes his position. And, so I give and you the same yes or no. Do you want Melo on your team? No. There you go. I, I, there it is. My team, personally, though, right. I don't need him. Neither do we. Right. Okay. We don't. Okay. Yeah. That, it is what it is. Moving on. Uh, Trevor Ariza finally got traded. What a saga that was. That was a super saga, and they made it like, <laughs> homie, I couldn't even keep up. I, I thought Marshawn I Brooks, Dylan Brooks. Uh, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks was in there. They said, "Yo, you you get the space. You get space ball." They brought Sean Rooks out. <laughs> like they, Sean Rooks from the dead. Are, you know what, dude? That's too soon. I can't say that. I love Sean Rooks. That I was funny. Too. That was my boy. That was too. funny. That was kind of funny. But <laughs> Sean Rooks, I'm sorry, bro. R.I.P. You're my boy. No, we're still, he's Every still, he's still on our mind. Yeah. Sean Rooks, man, he's, he was a legend. Clipper and Laker, dude, yeah. and A.Z. Arizona. Yes, sir. Wildcat. Yes, sir. So I, I I couldn't even keep up, and it was a late night shit. I couldn't even keep up on our Instagram page with what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I feel like uh, the Phoenix Suns came out huge on this. You trade you trade a thirty. What is he? Ariza's 33, 34. for a twenty three year old yeah. Kelly Oubre yeah. Jr. Um, who has major upside. He has a de- you know pretty decent con- uh, contract and Austin Rivers. And yep. I'm like, okay, well they got two good ones, and we'll get to Austin <laughs> in a second. Sure. I know you hate. Austin. One good one. <laughs> uh, shut up. Ugh. Makes me so mad with Austin, but now everything's coming to fruition and I get it. Even the Wizards didn't want the, the league has spoken. I get it. I get it. Um so Phoenix Suns get a young Kelly Oubre. They've won four games in a row. They right just now. beat the Boston Celtics just tonight. Beat them we tonight. just watched them We're beat watching the Boston this Celtics. Game. Uh, who came out better in this? I mean, in this trade, and Ariza's good. It's good for yeah. Washington. Yeah, I think it's you know pretty pretty straightforward, and I think it's a pretty good trade when you look at it from that perspective, right? Phoenix got another young player to mm-hmm. add to their roster of yeah. young players with promising talent, yeah. and and Washington got a guy who, as we mentioned, is a is a glue guy. He's a guy that's a team guy. He's going to play hard defense. I don't know what his personal relationship with with any of the Wizards he's is. He's an OG. I think he's going to fit in anywhere he goes. And I think he comes in with respect. Right. I think that's the one thing that someone like Trevor Ariza has earned throughout his career. 
and I think you know when it comes to chemistry and things like that, he he's not a big talker. You think you know? they need another vet in that locker room? Would you think? I, I mean, I think that they made a good trade. Okay, I, I really I think everyone should be happy. I think Ariza is going to do good things on the Wizards. I think Ariza will uh, will pressure Otto Porter in the appropriate way, meaning like he's going to put some some pressure on Otto Porter making a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And Ariza's over here. I'm gonna kick your ass every day. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and you go ahead and try and start. But guess what? I'm taking your time, bro. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. I just I think uh, when it comes down to it, you know, Ariza's there for one year, and they're and they're doing their best to try and figure some shit out. We knew that you know the Wizards have not been playing very well. They're still trying to figure out the way that they can get their footing and 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 you know excel. The season's still pretty young. I think they needed to make a move, and and I was surprised that Ubre was a part of it. I was too. I was too. But when it comes down to it, that's probably what Phoenix wanted. They didn't want Otto Porter's money, and, and you know I think Otto Porter is a is a decent talent, but they wanted they wanted Ubre, a young talent who's not on that much, that big of a contract. No, and it makes and, sense. Well, he's thirteen points a game. He shoots like forty three percent, and he's about to start for them right. and get a lot of minutes. Not a he should be three. happy. Honestly, I think Ubre should be kind of one hundred percent. I would want to get out of Washington in a heartbeat. Yeah, and even Phoenix is a bad situation, but at least you're in Phoenix and you got young talent. Go ahead and score twenty points a game. Right, like, and, go do it and yeah. build because it looks like you might get a draft pick. Like Phoenix might be a destination at some point. I'd want to play with Devin Booker, but I think they both won in this. I think Phoenix won a little more. Sure. Um, another guy that's out of uh, you know out of his his rotation is Jabari Parker. Yeah. Jabari that we made a huge deal about it this summer Jabari going back down back home to Chicago. Big on, deal. On 20 episode, million. I I honestly think Drew and we didn't discuss this at all but I think after what we discussed in episode 55 regarding the whole uh Boylan the new coach and the practices and the players trying to boycott I'm thinking now that Jabari Parker was a big part of that I think, I think he was the one who organized the boycott and we we brought that up briefly in that I I was cuz we were looking at when they said veteran uh-huh. uh, in the NBA and Jabari is I guess when you when you compare him to the rest of the goddamn team he's right. absolutely on the list of veterans cuz he's been in the league for longer than you know 2 years and and it, when you look at someone like Jabari, who he's had it, he's had a you know a rough couple years and with his injuries, injuries and things like that, and I'm sure you know when when he's thinking about himself in that respect, he's like, yo, I ju- we just played a back to back. I don't need to be out here possibly injuring myself in a fucking practice. Right. Uh, and you're running my ass into the ground. I only got X amount of, of years left in my knees, and and he knows that his career is more finite than almost any other young player like he is, and he knows that he's got a limited time there. Uh, I think he's very much more aware of that than anybody at his age uh, in the NBA right now. So, so do, you, do you think that he was one of the guys? Definitely? Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that if he was not the organizer, he was the first one to respond to that text message okay. going like, yes, I don't want to practice tomorrow. And Jabari, just to give you a little history, if you, if you don't know Jabari Parker, he's the former number two pick in 2014. Like the last 29 games, he's averaging good numbers, dude. 15 points a game, eight rebounds, he's decent a, numbers. He's, he's a good player. This he's is a good thing. player. His yeah. promise his he has promise. Yeah. The knee injuries, he had two ACL injuries, if I'm not mistaken. Back to back years. Back to back years. This year he's getting twenty million dollars yep. from Chicago. One year. Non guaranteed next year for twenty million as right. well. It seems like the only team right now that's interested, I'm sure there's more teams calling, but Utah's really interested right. in him because they have uh, too many big men. They think that, like, he can play that small four. <clears throat> well, they think Derek Favors and Gobert aren't, like, it's just not a good mix over there. Gobert is, is uh, useless in the, in, the, in the last five minutes of a game, unless there is another big out there. And most teams, as we know, based on the Warriors, aren't playing with bigs out the there. The big, the big bigs. The yeah, seven, the, sen- the right. seven footer who right. can't shoot and spread the floor. So. <clears throat> 
I think, you know, Houston or uh, you, you mentioned Utah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. But we kind of skipped over the idea that he's on the trade block. Like we, we didn't actually just say that. So right. at this point, he's been removed from the rotation. He's going to either have to earn his way back into the good graces of the coaching staff in Chicago. I think that's done. Or he's out, or he's out already. And it's been fucking 30, what is it, 25 games? Like, he's out already. No, he's at, uh, they're 30 games in. 30 games in? Um, I just think Chicago's in shambles. I think Chicago's like the same way as Zach as Levine's Washington. out uh, another two to four weeks, I think. He got another injury. Well, that, that boy can't stay healthy. Nah, they're going to be in trouble now. Yeah. Like, super well, trouble. I, it, again, we, <clears throat> what were their real ambitions for this year? Yeah, so what are the ambitions for these teams that there is no chance? Um, I read an article today, Drew, and you'll find this you'll find this interesting. John Lucas, who was the coach of like the 2002 Cleveland Cavaliers. John Lucas is notorious for helping players uh, John Luke, uh, rehab, like go, players that went through some major shit. He was a really good players coach. He worked with Keith Kloss a lot when, uh, with his rehabilitation. He was really good with, uh, with the players. Yeah. But he was talking about that season and he's like, you know, we had Carlos Boozer, but like Boozer wasn't great. We had Dewan Wagner who had a lot of talent, but he got sick. Uh, we had a bunch of other players and the organization got mad when they won. The organization told him they wanted to tank. They wanted like mm-hmm. literally the only reason they got, you know, they got LeBron was from that season. Yeah. Right. From tanking that season. Right. So and, and the NBA know, rigged it. But also go ahead. Well, if that's what you want to think, <laughs> if that's what you want to think. I mean, that, that's, how many ping pong balls could they have possibly? That's a whole nother podcast, Drew. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but what I'm saying is right now there's writing on the wall. Phoenix, you're not doing anything this year. Chicago, you're not doing anything this year. You know, we thought at the beginning of the year, Brooklyn, like now, like, do you try to win now? Like you've won, you know, or are we in the Zion sweepstakes, Cleveland, like all these guys. Right. I just think that that's where, that's where the NBA is going now is like, if there's a great talent like Zion and we watched last night, uh, besides the LeBron block, uh, Zion had a block last night he had where two he, blocks. Yeah. He hit his back, his, oh, his yeah. shoulder on the, on the backboard and his head. His head and his shoulder on the came backboard. down crazy. I've never seen a player like this. And he dude. landed just fine. He landed like a goddamn cat. He did. But is, how many times is that going to happen? You right. know what I mean? No, no. Yeah. Anytime that happens, that's a little scary. But it's also scary because Jesus, what an athlete that man is. Have you ever, this is my question. Okay. And we, we've talked about Zion since he was in high school last year. Like everybody yeah, we've else. known Zion for like four years yes, now. It's crazy, <laughs> right? Have you? Uh, has there any be, ever been a player in co- in college basketball mm-hmm. besides Shaquille O'Neal? Because I think Shaq is the unanimous, like most dominant. Like I've never seen a freak like this in my life. Mm-hmm. Is is there anybody that you've seen like Zion? So there's, I mean, there's a couple that come to mind. There was this this, this dude on uh, on Cincinnati uh, a while back. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Like James White, yeah, he wasn't. James White could bang. He wasn't skilled like Zion is skilled, but holy fuck, James White could could double pump from the free throw line. Are you really bringing up my guy, dude? James White, White? I just remember watching him in games and being like, wow. And then and then the 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 college dunk contest, dude. He he was he was jumping from the free throw line multiple times. Yo, Google windmill from the free throw line. Windmill from the free throw line. Two hands from the free throw line. There's so yeah. There has there been athletes like him. Yeah. And when you when you but hold on. But when you look at right now on Gonzaga's team, that boy Clark out there. You had you we posted we reposted his block on uh, on that on the guy on at Tennessee Mm -hmm. who was like oh I'm gonna yam this and he he jumped up real quick and said no thank you and he was the one challenging Zion the game that they beat Duke in Hawaii so when you talk about superior athlete that kid has to be mentioned in the same breath now if we if we pump the brakes a little bit. Uh 
Clark is again. He's not as he's not as skilled. Uh, he actually is quite a good player. He's a transfer from San Jose State, mm -hmm. and he's got probably three or four years uh, age wise on Zion, right? So you you go into that with that little bit of discrepancy, but just the the sheer raw power. No, I you know I think I think of Dominique Wilkins was was just would, would blow me away with his in just, the NBA though. Like we didn't see this thing. I'm not talking about the NBA. If we were talking, talking about, about college, I'm talking about seeing a college athlete mm -hmm. at 18 years old mm -hmm. with the physical gifts. I've never seen anything like it. Shaq is the closest. Yeah. Being just the most dominant. Like, what the fuck are you going to do with this? Well, guy? see, but I want to take a step back here because when you when you talk about dominant physically, yes. But when you look at the way that Duke plays, I've watched, I don't know, five, five or six, seven games that they've played. R.J. Barrett is very much in control of that team. Right. The ball is in his hands uh, the majority of the time. If it's not in his hands, then yes, it's going to Zion um, or Reddish uh, or whoever else is on the floor. But the, the majority of the game is being played through R.J. Barrett. So when you talk about dominance from an offensive uh, game plan standpoint, you're, Zion you're, is not even the most dominant player no, on his own team. The, you're, you're getting off of what oh, I'm okay. saying. Sorry, I'm, misun I, I'm misunderstanding. You're, you're getting off of what I'm saying. R.J. Barrett's a great player. I'm saying a physical specimen. Then no, to play I, I can't. Basketball. I can't recall. I can't recall. Shaq is one. Sure, that's and then fine. Maybe, maybe Chris Webber's like Chris Webber was one who yeah, was Fab Five. Chris Webber. Sure. But that's fine I've with me. never seen anything like Zion. Yeah. And that's why these teams are tanking because they want RJ Barrett. Yeah. Yes. Who's going to be a great pro. Yep. And Zion, who's going to be the, the, the fucking, uh, the, the guy that's going to sell tickets. Yeah. He's going to sell tickets. He's going to sell shoes. He's going to, that guy's going to have endorsement deals out his asshole <laughs> right. when he comes in the league. Another thing I want to mention, dude, and we're, we, we've talked about this so much and we're going to talk about it one more time. Okay. James. Fucking hard no, and no. his step back. All right. Oh no! The I'm gonna say something. Hold on. I'm gonna you, say something. What we have to? There's got to be a different name for that because it's not a step back. It's the uh, the hands off Harden first of all because you can't touch Harden. No, right you now. can't because he got the foul on he that. He got the fucking foul. They called a foul on that shot. You know what, dude? Fuck this. We're talking about officiating right now. Okay. And you know, one of my best friends is an NBA official, and I know he listens to this podcast. And I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm putting everybody in this box. Everybody. Because if we're going to let these players make up their own fucking plays and you're not going to call them, then what is the point of having officials? It is a blatant. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. The travel. The travel step back that he we took, have tried to he dissect. He took like three step backs or two step backs. It was four steps. Yeah. He covered nine feet. Yes. And got the foul with the referee Ricky, right in front Ricky of him. Rubio apparently fouled him on the shot. Apparently. And, and, and James Harden couldn't get enough distance from him be, even, even after taking four steps backwards. I'm just so upset that this play is not called to travel. I don't understand. And every trainer, dude, Ryan Rizuki, I see you doing your breakdowns every time. Dribble too much. I see you doing the breakdowns. I see all of you guys doing your breakdowns and trying to recreate recreate it. or uh, justify like, yeah, that this is a, re a legit move. Right, and it's not. It's not. If this was a legit move, you don't think Michael Jordan or Tr Tracy McGrady or Larry Bird would have done this? There's it's a, a travel. It's a fucking <laughs> yeah. travel. Yeah, that one, I mean, that was probably the most egregious. There was one, I remember last season, there was one, he did one of those when he he did the, the ball behind the back. Right, right. Step back. Three-pointer. And it hit a, hit a step back three. And that one that one blew my mind. And that was probably right around the time we started talking about how, how egregious his travels are on a regular basis. But that one takes the cake, bro. I, I've never seen anything like that in my life. There was a ref standing... 
four feet away from him, clearly watched, watching the full, literally play. watched the whole mm-hmm. thing happen, and then proceeded to, to call, the call the foul on the three point shot. It's laughable. It's laughable, and there needs to be something done about it. The the NBA referees came out with a full statement saying, hilarious. yeah, we missed the play. Hell, that's hilarious. Yeah, he took one extra step, and I counted four. But look, dude, it's the gamification of NBA basketball now. What was that word? Gamification. Okay. The gamification meaning they're trying to make this such a, like a scoring player's game now. It's a video game. You can't touch the offensive player anymore. Right. Uh, you're going to go to the line. There was 55 fouls called in the Clipper game the other night. And and uh, and again, I'm not being biased, Drew. We're playing Portland. We're down three. There's seven seconds left. Gallo has the you're ball. You're talking about Clippers now. Well, we're, yeah. we're gonna, It was a call that was blatant the same night that Harden happened. And a referee standing right there. It was either Aminu or uh, Harkless or one of these guys. Full hand in, grabbing Gallo's arm while he's shooting a three, throws it up left-handed because he couldn't even get his right hand up. Right. No call. No call. And so my whole thing is like, what are you looking at then? Are you watching? Are, are we watching the game? Or are we just, right. are you the guys determining what this game, what the turnout is right. going to be? It, it, seems, it seems very much more subjective than objective right now when it comes to the, the, the officials making these calls, right? It's like, oh, that one looked weird, so I'm going to call that a travel or I'm going to call that a foul. But some, when someone like James Harden, who's, who's really started to perfect this travel slash step back, you get so used to him doing it that it becomes like, oh, that can't be a travel because it's James Harden. He does this all the time. If Seth it can't Curry be. does that, though, is it a travel? If Seth Curry, dude, I feel like if Seth Curry does one step back, they're calling a travel. Seth, I'm talking about Seth, not Seth. I said Sleth. Okay, Sleth is his distant the, cousin. No, they they have it's a, a it's, a, it's another younger it's brother. My little cousin. He's Smith. coming up. He's coming up. It's my he does. He, yeah, he travels a lot too. <laughs> Uh, but no, when it comes down to it, bro, I mean, I don't know how much we need to talk about it because it is, everyone saw it. It's, it's a fucking joke. Right. And hopefully because they got the NBA with the referees were all put on blast mm-hmm. and they, they, they had to come out and say that we missed. I love that they, that we missed this one. Yeah. Like, this oh, one. You missed this one. This one we missed. Sure. Get but out of here. so hopefully they, they actually did take that into note. And I would love to see James Harden called for a travel once. Once, dude. Maybe. We can, once. I mean, and so here's the same thing. Like LeBron gets away with a lot of travels. Right. Uh, I mean, there's several times where he's going through the lane and he takes an extra step on his way to the basket. But this and gather step is the, the gather step mm-hmm. is so like uh, it's ridiculous. What's the word? What's the word that I'm looking for? I don't it's know. So uh, you you can't tell. Like when does the gather step start? Well, because you need to get rid of that. Like since when did the gather step become a thing? Like that's happened in the last five years. Right. We don't. The gather step isn't something that is in the rule book. So the, let's just say they get three steps. Then. Let's just call it one way or the other. Right. Right. It's either we're either doing two and a half uh-huh. or whatever that rule was, uh-huh. and we're or we're doing three, and we're just say fuck it. Mm-hmm. Like go ahead and let's let's have some fun. Or if it. you're a superstar, you can take four steps back. Yeah. If you're an all star, if you if you make the all star team, you you, just, you can have four. You handle whatever. you handle it whatever, whatever you'd like you to. Want. Uh, two things I want to touch on. It's a travel, by the way. Clips and Drew have have coined this. We put it a is stamp a on it. We put a stamp on we've, it. And we've said this for a long time. Over, two, over a year we've been talking about this. <laughs> two more things. And, and if we can finally get an NBA referee on the show, I would love somebody to explain. Somebody's got to get everybody. on this show. Yeah, right? I'm with that. Somebody, Some of those refs. We know some refs. We, we know we gotta, plenty. we got to get one of them on you here. You know who you are and you're listening to this show. Yes, we sir. want you on it. Yes, sir. One more thing before we get out of here. The four-point line. Okay, this has been brought up. Yeah, um, I want this is another gamification, like making the cool. game better because now everybody like it's an it's interesting a show idea. Now. It's an interesting idea. Players are shooting deep. 
Uh, we've heard that the Atlanta Hawks, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, uh, the Golden State Warriors, a few other teams have implemented a four-point line at their practice facilities. To That's be, weird. No, they have. It's really a four-point line. Uh, Not necessarily. Where is it? Does, does it is it inside the half court? Like where does the line take another twelve inches back from the three point line? It's only one foot. I think it's a foot. I think it's a foot. Oh, or if a it's foot a four and point half. line, you got to give me more than more than twelve inches. Well, it's it's around there. Think I'm just about saying, where a like, four if, point if line we're actually be. if we're gonna if we're gonna implement a four point line, first of all, how is it gonna be? You can't shoot a four point shot from the corner, right? Because no. we're already shaving off that corner three. It's not the same. The arch. center three is the deepest three in the in well, the game. Yeah, all the way until you get to the free throw line, mm-hmm. and then it cuts off to that short corner. Mm-hmm. So if there's a four point line, it cannot extend to the corner mm-hmm. uh, because then then we're just literally going to have a guy sitting in the corner the whole time. Stands They're going to have popcorn. Yeah, JJ Redick will play until he's fifty years old. <laughs> um, so when when it comes to this idea, I you know I think it's an interesting idea to play around with, right? Because you're, you're trying to you know the game is evolving, the players are evolving, and so with that, you know sometimes the rules have to evolve as we're talking about you know maybe looking at traveling a little bit differently. Here's here's my take on this. Do we need a four point play? No, we don't. We don't. We need, have a four point. Play. I'm sorry. I, I, we we don't need a four point line. Right. We, do, we don't need that because, god damn it! Like, what is it going to be? 180 to 185 every game? Mm-hmm. Is that even fun anymore? I don't know. Maybe it is. But if you really want to impact the game, just move the three point line back. You don't need a four point play. Right. A four point line. I keep saying play for some reason. You don't need a four point <laughs> line. Mm-hmm. Move the three point line back. Guess what Which happens? They've done. They've done. Before. They've done it already. Right. So guess what happens when that happens? You get more space on the floor right. because that you know Steph Curry can still hit that. That's what they're taught. So the reason why they're implementing it into practice, yeah, because players like Trey Young and Luca and Steph, they can shoot these things, yeah, and it spreads the offense out big time. Right. So if you if because we know that the game is now three pointers or dunks. If Pretty you much. can't shoot threes in the NBA right now, we've said this a lot. Mm. You are not going to survive. In the NBA you, season, you better right now. you better figure out something else, right? Like as as an individual player, even like if you can't do that, you better be really fucking good at something else. You better be playing defense. Yeah, well, sure, whatever it is. So I think what what the whole idea of the four point line is, it will create more space in the middle, right? Because the guy, every player is getting taller. Uh, you know, the average height of the NBA player is is growing exponentially year after year. And and you're seeing every guy is you know Kevin Durant's a shooting guard out here he's six yeah. eleven yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo's got a fucking eight foot wingspan and is playing the three or the four right so when it's now it's almost nearly impossible to drive the lane without some kind of foul or block oh, you're or a foul so in order to create that more space and and instead of just widening the floor or lengthening the, the actual basketball court lines itself. You, if you did just take that three-point line and move it back, you still have the excitement of the unbelievable deep three, right. and you create that space in the middle. So I think that solves the problem without without it becoming a circus, a gamification thing yeah. like you're talking about. And I got the gamification from an article written oh, I like at that. ESPN. I didn't come up with that at all. Oh, well, I, you would have fooled me, buddy. It, it, no, well, I would like to. I think we should start writing articles. Like, let us know if you think we should. I would like to put out an article a week about shit that we, that we feel we should talk about. And if you'd be interested, let me know. Like, we're thinking about starting a blog. We want to step our game up a little bit. We're thinking yeah. about the, the YouTube. Like, But anyways... What do you think about the four-point line? I think that it makes the game a circus, like you said. And yeah. I think it takes away from the core values of basketball. And I thought, you know, when they brought the three-point, I thought when they brought the three-pointer in, 
like it changed the game. And it I did. think it, it made it better. And I think More this exciting. will make it worse. So it, what what do you think about my idea then? I just think it's moving great. the three-point line back. Yeah, but then I, I just think now there's so many, like, dude, even watch, I watch every single Clipper game. I watch every game that I can watch on right, TV. Right, right, right. But I just think there's so many threes played. It is so, it's but, weird. Hold on really, really fast. Sorry. It's so weird because the 90s basketball and into the, the early 2000s, like you dumped it in the post. There's no yeah. back to the game game anymore. Back to the basket game. Yeah. Not anymore. Even Chris Paul, even watching Chris Paul for a long time. It's the guards that are posting up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but even that so that's gone. Right. Like we're watching we're watching Giannis See, literally pick it up from the three point line. And just dribble and, and take two steps and dunk. Now, this is another thing that that moving the three point line back will do is it'll force guys that can't shoot from that far to do something different. Right. The mid range will all of a sudden become another a, a part of the game again. It should be a part of the game. That's what I'm saying. Back so, in the day, if you couldn't shoot seventy five percent mid seventy five percent anything you shot, you weren't playing basketball. You know what I mean? Well, seventy five percent is an audacious number. Well, I know. Just, I know what you're getting at. Like if you're if if you had an open shot, like a wide open seventeen footer, you you better fucking knock that down. I actually bring that from a street ball story. That oh I yeah. Heard. Like if you couldn't shoot seventy five percent street uh, ball, I know it's not the yeah. same for the NBA. No, no, I, I get what you were saying though. Shooters shoot in the NBA. It's always been like so. That. When you do move the three point line mm. back, it creates more space. Like I'm saying for the drive, mm. but it also takes away all those like guys who are right on the three point line who can hit that three but can't really step back. And then you create a whole mid. You're, you're essentially recreating a mid range game. Like Kevin Durant is is still one of the top mid range game players in the yes. NBA. He is very efficient. Every game that he plays, pretty much, is very efficient. He's he's efficient from three, but he doesn't take ten threes a game. Right. That's how he's efficient. He picks the moments where he gets where he takes the threes, and and he still does. He'll post up at the at the elbow just like Kobe did. Mm-hmm. Kobe 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 scored so many fucking points from fifteen feet, and. You know, in this league, there is still space for that, but it's just nobody wants to do it now. The analytics have driven the game. How bad to, would Russell Westbrook be? <laughs> Prove the three pointer back. Russell Westbrook would have to change his game. Wait, would be, Russell Westbrook would start attacking the mid range. Uh, yeah, or just going to the lane and getting the foul because these players are going to, right. Harden's going sixteen times a night shooting free throws. Like this is just getting fucking ridiculous. I'd like to see a little change in all that shit. Yeah, Drew, and I think that would do it. I honestly do. I think it would be. I think it would be, NBA. Are you listening to us, Adam Silver? I, this is something that the summer league could test. Yes, summer league test or G League. Just move move the three point line back for the summer. Right. See what happens. See how it goes. See what happens. I'm with that. You got anything else to say for this? No, I'm good. That was my piece. I, I thought I thought about that all day today. What the four pointer? Yeah, I'm glad we brought that up. Yeah, I yeah that was. Good. I would be. I would be in major trouble if we move it back. With my <laughs> finger right now, the way I'm playing, I'm just, you, you're going to find me in the post, dog. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it right I'm going to have to do some more squats if that's the case. I got to get those <laughs> legs up. Hey, shout out to everybody that's been participating with us. Uh, we see all of you. We really appreciate it. We're trying to get our subscribers up and our listens up. We need you guys to, to post and reshare and keep showing us that you're listening, listening to the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're working really hard on this next year. I mean, the new year's coming up, Drew. Yeah. And just like next year, we're going to fucking kill it. We do this for you, people. We do this podcast for the culture. I don't think you should get your NBA info from anybody else unless you're Woj. Right. That's it. And if you want us to talk about your team or you want us to talk about a thing, let us know. And guess what? We're going to talk about it. We'll talk about it. Let us know what you want to hear us say. But uh, shout out to Man Brand Skincare again yeah. with their lotions and creams. God, that we killed it. I, that <laughs> that uh, was so nacho good. Nacho Libre. Week. I fucking love that. Uh, you got a promo code Clips and Drew 25. Get yourself 
you know, get yourself spoil yourself. A yeah, little man. Bit. Everybody knows it's cold out right now. You get the you get the ashy skin. I know. I've I'm, seen volcanoes less ashy. I'm I'm white as hell, but it's, so it's hard to tell that I get ashy. But my skin sometimes gets dry, and you, you need to moisturize. Take care of your shit. Holler at our boys, Antidote Fresh. We got the clips and Drew Vesuvius, which we got a little surprise coming out for everybody. Uh, we got another collab coming out with them soon. Uh, hit up our boys, the Forest Lab. Buy a fucking t-shirt for Christmas. Hard to guard. Blacktop basics. Just everybody that fucks with us, we fuck with you. We appreciate everything. We're going to take him out with the most underrated rapper of all time. He left way too soon. Uh Uh-oh. Big pun. Oh, yeah. You Ain't a Killer. Wow. Is the name of the song. Big pun was was a dude. Could barely. You can hear him. (gasps) But that boy could spit, Drew. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. We're ghosts. Merry Christmas. The harsh realities of life have taken toll Even Jesus Christ forsake my soul Please tell me what price to pay to make it whole Take control, I'm making dough but not enough to blow J.O.'s, they lost my flow but they yo I don't trust the soul, it's all I know we need to These evil streets will meet you halfway and eat you Alive trying to survive illegal I leave you lost, mount you on the cross Whip you like a horse, sacrifice your life to a higher force Then I stomp your corpse, it's the Bronx of course Recognize the accent, one of the last living Still in action, general assassin Catching any rack, blasting any tax Smashing any jack Passing any test, Charles Manson in the flesh Any last request before you meet your maker So would you reap and wake up Shaking up a storm like a need a baker I'll take it straight to hell and fill your heart with hate Incarcerate your fate in Satan's fiery lake Then I lock the gate, make no mistake This shit is real as Joe, we follow the killer's code When we come for you, tell me where will you go Nowhere to run, hide, or find you inside of your screams And even if you kill me, I'll still be in your fucking dreams You ain't a killer, you're still learning how to walk From New York to Cali, all the real niggas carry chalk Walking for death when even talk that east to west crap for watch the left rack It ain't where you're from, it's where you're You made a grave mistake, shouldn't have come here, you changed your fate Your brains will make the debut on the table when I raise the stakes The pain is great, but only for a second It starts strong, the lessons, just when you rest in the Armageddon sets in Left them with so much stress, yes. bless them with no regrets yes. Welcome to hell, son, the threshold of death Face the serpent, I blaze your person, you get laced for certain Even takes no trace to work from close the case to curtains I'm hurting, head severely, really trying to bring the pain There's nothing more satisfying than when you cry and scream in my name, it's not a game, it's purple rain, floods of bloodstains, big pun's my thug's name, busting my guns, that's my love thing, stick the jug vein, and snatch your Adam's apple, John Madden tackle your corpse, to hoist it on the cross, at the tabernacle, that'll have to hurt, to work your body till it burst, and curse to Viva, like a brujeria first, I'm worse than anything you ever been through, sick in the head and mental, essentially meant to be, the soul threat against you, when you awaken, your manhood will be taken, faking like you Satan, when I'm the rhyming abomination, you ain't a killer, you're still learning how to walk, from New York to Cali, all the real niggas got me chalk. Mark you for death, won't even talk that east to west crap. From watch the left rack, it ain't where you're from, it's where you got. You ain't a killer, you're still learning how to walk. From New York to Cali, all the real niggas got me chalk. Mark you for death, won't even talk that east to west crap. From watch the left rack, it ain't where you're from, it's where you got.